What is up, folks? Fitter Food Radio, and this is episode number 36. And of course, I've got my ever so awesome partner in crime, Keris, with me. How are we doing, Keris? Good, thank you. Yes. And we've got an absolutely epic guest on the show today. As always, our guests are always awesome. Um, you may or may not have heard of this guy. We've spoken about him on a, a few times on our social media, our newsletter. We've known him for a fair few years now. Um, his name is Ranuk Donald. I don't know why I put it down a Scottish, Scottish accent there, but actually that was pretty good, I that reckon. Was very good. I knew um, you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Ran McDonald um, is an absolutely awesome individual who is just big on movement, you know, pain-free daily movement. Um, what he's most known for, I would probably say, is his 100 rep challenge, which he kicked off a few years ago. But Ranuk, how are you, buddy? I'm excellent, thanks. Good thanks. man. I'm going to hand over to you. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and what your ethos is and what you're all about, because you'll do a much better job than me. But before we do get into this, how was my Scottish accent? What did you think? It was excellent. I thought it was brilliant. Good it's better man. than my, my, my English accent. I may have to drop in the occasional bush. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, let's talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been involved in fitness in some shape or form all my life. Um, as a kid, I wasn't what you call a team player. I was never great at football or rugby or any of those activities. Um, the thing that I gravitated to was martial arts because I think I saw that as kind of a, a solo pursuit. Um, but in time, I realized actually that one of the best group activities you can do is martial arts. It's a fantastic place just to get kids moving. Um, anyway, like so many people over the years, um, my training, martial arts, everything kind of went to one side, um, grew up, became a grown-up, had kids, um, still kind of dabbled and did bits and pieces. But 10 years ago, I broke my leg. Uh, it was kind of a wake-up call. Um, I realised that I wasn't as fit and as athletic as I thought I was. How, how did you um, break your leg? Oh, God, you really want to know. <laughs> was, it, was it doing martial arts? I, I broke my leg. I was on holiday in Aran with friends and the family, and I was in the back garden. Um, my, my border terrier, who's <laughs> sadly gone, gone now, but we were in the garden. I was running around in flip-flops and wet grass. Um, I went over on my ankle, got a corkscrew fracture. Oh, uh, <laughs> nasty. I'd love to make up a really cool story for that, but that's, that's, that's as mundane as it is. I think it was the second, second day of the holidays, and that was it. So that was me in a cast. And when I go back to Edinburgh, I was in the cast for six weeks, and I thought, right, that's it. The minute this cast comes off, I'm, I'm getting back into training. The cast came off, and it was just an absolute shock to my system. Um, I was really tentative about moving. I was very kind of aware that I'd had that injury. Um, I went and got some physio. The physio, to be quite honest with you, was was kind of irrelevant. It didn't really help at all. It was it, it just it was just so non non specific. Um, so at that point, um, I was a fan of, of a magazine called Muscle Media, which at that time was Bill Phillips' magazine, mainly because it had some interesting stuff in it. And one of the people that was in there was a guy called Pavel Tsatsouli. Yeah, and really Pavel did all kinds of bodyweight drills, and a lot of it resonated with me because it, it was kind of it had a kind of martial background to it almost. Yeah, and that was the point at which I discovered the kettlebell. There was an argument you... there about two drills. It was about the snatch and the pistol. It wasn't easy to get kettlebells in the UK at that time. My first kettlebell was an extremely large Lenore container filled with sand. <laughs> so, <laughs> I used that for a while, and then eventually got my first my first kettlebell, which is a 16, 16, which I found so hard to use. 
Um, but really, that was my journey back into movement, back into fitness. I didn't really want to spend my time in a gym. Not, not anything against gyms, but um, with a young family, I wanted something I could do at home. Uh, so out of that came the interest in kettlebells. I went and did the RKC with Pavel in oh, Denmark. So you, so you did actually do the cert, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I did it as a personal thing. I didn't do it because I wanted to teach kettlebells. I just I wanted a challenge, and I looked at that, and I thought, God, that looks awesome. What year so, was this, Rannick? Because it was, it was much earlier than... This was 2006 or seven, I think, around right about the same time as Jonathan Lewis, um, our mutual friend. And when I, when I got back from the RKC, I was all pumped up. Um, I was just so psyched. But interestingly enough, when I did the RKC, I think I was the third oldest guy there. It was a lot of younger people. And I kind of felt this is, a, this is such a cool tool that anyone can pick up and use with a little, bit of, a little bit of coaching. And a lot of friends said to me at the time, hey, wow, what is it you're doing? You're looking different. You're moving differently. So I started to teach um, just friends, basically. And from there, workshops. And from there, we, we developed something called K1, which was an introduction to kettlebells, and K2, which was slightly more sophisticated. One of the things I realized right at the outset was as much as people wanted to come and, and try this thing called kettlebells, most of them really weren't up for it. Um, they, a lot of people like me who had, had this impression that they were still you know, super fit, but the, the kettlebells are a real leveler. It's a real wake-up call. You realize very quickly um, where you're at, if you like. The, the workshops started to gravitate more towards bodyweight movement. And then I found when people were doing bodyweight, they would very often struggle because the breathing was, was, was just not great. Yeah. So eventually, the K1 became equal parts of breath work, mobility, bodyweight, and kettlebells. And as far as I was concerned when I was teaching those workshops, if people just went away with the mobility stuff, you know, it was a job well done. Steve Cotter came over to Scotland, and we did one of the first IKF CKTs here. And that started to kind of stir up an audience for this. We realized that actually there's loads of people out there who wanted, you know, training methods that maybe were slightly alternative. On the back of that, bringing Steve over, uh, I, I was involved in bringing JC Santana over, Alvaro Romano from Gymnastica Natural, Mark Chen came over from Los Angeles, um, Erwin Lacour from MoveNet. We were hosting these people in Scotland and we were finding there was an audience for it. But, but Rannick, sorry buddy, just to um, clarify, because your day-to-day nine-to-five isn't, you're, you're not a personal trainer or, or anything like that, are you? you, you no. What, what is your day-to-day job, buddy? I do a mix of, of things um, between writing, between helping other people market and promote what they do, um, putting on things like the, 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 the CKTs in the past, um, working with Neil Hill over in Tarifa with something that we have yeah. called Earth Strength there, which I know you guys are aware of, yeah. which, is, which is still embryonic, but something that we see as huge potential, um, which is really about releasing people back into the wild. So we've got a fantastic environment there where we can take people for five days and uh, have them doing bodyweight movement, tai chi, qigong, you name it, basically. And that's really about a reconnection physically. Um, so, yeah, it's a real mixed bag of things. But, but, but that's what I love because the reason I asked is because, you know, you are probably one of the most passionate uh, people we've ever met when it comes to, <laughs> to you know, to, to, to training, enjoyment and movement. You know, you you are not a personal trainer, as people would probably assume that you are in terms of your presence no, on I mean, social I, I'll, media. I'll, I'll work with people, but my business model is crap because <laughs> why try and teach people their skills? I don't want them to need me for anything. Yeah. So you know, if you came to me and said I want to do kettlebells, I'd say that's that's great. We can we can teach you how to swing a kettlebell. But generally speaking, 
when I meet people, they, they want to move, they want to lose a bit of weight, you know, they, but what I want to do is I want to give them tools so they can do that stuff for themselves. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not critical of personal training as a whole, but there are a lot of personal trainers out there who basically do, you know, cookie cutter stuff. They do it by numbers. Um, and they may have gotten involved in it because they were passionate about fitness, but they lose that quite quickly when it comes to the reality of just making a buck. You know, there's there's courses you can do on customer retention and all this kind of stuff. As far as I'm concerned, if you teach someone a skill, if, if I came to you guys um, to learn how to cook the meals in your book for a day, right? Yeah. And we spend a day in the kitchen. I wouldn't expect you to be there with me a month later saying, ah, actually, well, you need to turn that steak over now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> these, these are life skills, you know? I bang on about really simple stuff, and, and you can't really sell the simple stuff because if people need to learn to cook, get out and walk, move a bit more, I mean, these, these are just life skills. These are things that people need to embrace and do. That's not to say you can't come back at a later date and say, actually, you know what, this swing in a kettlebell is great, but I want to learn how to snatch. Fantastic, let's teach you how to snatch. But once you learn to do that, it's up to you to do the work to make it part of your daily practice. Um, my thing is, is, is getting people moving. Uh, once they're moving, they can take care of themselves. You know, you know, and that's that's it. You know, I'm interested in, in the largest number of people possible getting this and doing something with it. And that was really what kicked off 100 reps on the back of the workshops and the back of the training that we did. People were still coming up and saying, how do I actually do it, though? You know, how, how, do, how, do, how do I get a routine together? So we put together initially a thing we called the Every Man Challenge, the Every Person Challenge. If you and that was to be able to do 30 push-ups, 60 bodyweight squats and 10 pull-ups. And most people can't just you know, do that off the bat. They have to train for it. And how you train for it is you do 100 reps every day. You just don't do them all at once. Yeah. You know, and that aggregates over a period of time. And what starts off as one becomes two, becomes three, becomes four. And the next thing you know, you can do 100 reps. And we realized that that is, it's an on-ramp to other activities. It's not the be-all and end-all. 100 reps isn't kind of, you know, what do you do? Oh, I do 100 reps. But if you wanted to, you could just do 100 reps as your daily training. You know, whatever it might be, you know, you can take the, the sun salutation, break it down into 10 moves and do 10 rounds of that. Bang, yeah. there you go. That, so- that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's not necessarily about doing 100 reps of something that is brutally hard, right? No, we've got, <clears throat> there's things on the website. We're, we're relaunching the site at the moment. And we're going to make it much easier to access and we're going to have much more content on there. <clears throat> but one of the things we have on there is 10, um, 10 minutes of mindfulness, which is 100 breaths. And it's a six-breath cycle. And it's something that we would teach, for example, if we were doing combat training or combat conditioning. We'd teach that, that, that breath cycle as a way for people to kind of reset and engage the, the parasympathetic nervous system. But it's just mindfulness of breathing at the end yeah. of the day. Breathe in for two seconds, you know, pause, breathe out. It's really, really simple stuff. But if you can make it accessible for people, take away the, the focus that is on performance and get it back to practice. There's a fantastic book by a guy called George Leonard called Mastery, where he talks about um, the plateau, and that's where you spend most of your time. Every so often you get to climb a mountain, but most of the time you actually spend it on the plateau. That's where you do the work. That's where bit by bit you get better. Um, You will progress, and the logical part of that progression is occasionally you'll perform. But performance is a holy grail. You know, It's not something you do every day. If you're going to train to do a specific 100-rep challenge, then you're going to do what Pavel calls grease in the groove. You're going to get your reps in over the course of the day. So rather than doing 10 pull-ups, you might do 
then another two, then another two. So you build up the volume without actually messing your body up in the process. The upshot of that is when you come back, you'll find that you can bang out 10 reps and actually it's amazingly yeah. easy uh, just because you put the work in. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that idea of if you want to chop down a tree, you know, you spend the bulk of your time sharpening the axe. But another thing, Rannick, that um, you probably see me and Matt were doing 100 reps while we were away in Portugal, um, just working over there. And what I found was by saying that you're just going to do 100 reps of any movement across the day and not physically saying I'm going to go and train, it's so much more easier to do and you're just so much more realistic if you're busy, if you've got a lot on. There's no sort of getting ready for the yeah. gym, dreading it, if, you, if you're, you know, pushing yourself a little bit hard but it's almost so easy people don't think that it is enough and it totally is yeah what we're what we're missing isn't this you know going to the gym and training because there's lots of people do that yeah but it's the rest of the time they spend sitting in front of a computer or driving to work or whatever else it might be or going home at the end of the day and sitting down on the couch but you know as your body tells you to do and do nothing i mean it's 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 difficult because we are hardwired to do nothing you know, absolutely. We're we're made to move, but we're hardwired. We're hardwired to basically sit and do nothing until such time as we have to. And then when we have to, you know, we spring into action. But unfortunately, we have very few opportunities to spring into action. You know, once upon a time, living in a little community, there we would be hanging around. And we'd go out, we'd get our food. That would be challenging enough. We'd go back, we'd eat it, and then we'd probably lie around again, tell each other stories. Because we live in a culture of convenience, everything is a butt push away from your ready meals to your remote control to everything is automated. It's not thinking about going to the gym two or three times a week isn't going to cut it. It's not going to make the difference you expect it to. It's the movement that you do absolutely every day. And as you say, it's spreading it out over the day. And as much as the the kind of the solutions are simple, they are effective. It's just you have to do them. Take the stairs instead of the lift. I know it. It's obvious, but one of the things I spoke about a while back was when you go shopping, use baskets, don't use a trolley, Um, you know, get yourself two baskets. You can turn your trip to the supermarket in a half an hour of farmer's walks if you want to. You know, jokingly, um, I stuck a fat grip on carrier bags today. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, you know, it it works. So you're, you're replacing the kind of work that we used to have to do, chopping wood, carrying water. But you have to do that creatively because, like I say, you're hardwired for comfort. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because even though it's called the 100 rep challenge, that's not uh, a number that everyone has to abide by, is it? It's just a... Absolutely. And and it was one of those things I thought about changing it, you know? But actually, the, 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 the concept of doing 100 or something is that it's not such a low number to, to, to not be of benefit and it's not such a high number to be frightening. Um, obviously depending on the lift that you do or the drills that you do. But you can get those numbers in during the day and they can be everything. They can be how you stretch, how you mobility work. Um, you're, just, you're just setting yourself a marker, a habit. You know, And habits are just the things you consistently do. Skills are just habits which you do on a regular basis. Rather than thinking about the, the end um, of the movement, you think about just doing it, just getting it done. Because I know um, uh, the recent uh, Scottish Scottish uh, fitness and nutrition expo, and you had your hundred rep challenge stand there, mm. um, which I mean, so so just explain the gist of it. It was a hundred seconds. Yeah, yeah. basically, the, the, the way that we decided to run it was we gave people a hundred seconds to try and do a hundred reps. Now that's a serious challenge. We used to run it so that basically you came and you did your hundred reps, but. What we didn't want was we didn't want people there for 10 minutes 
grinding their teeth and falling apart trying yeah, to bang yeah. out the last rep. So rather than do that, the, the target is to get 100 reps in 100 seconds, which is super challenging, as you saw, you know? As I saw, as I felt. Yeah. <laughs> what tends to happen is people look at that and they go, 100 reps, so that's nothing that's easy. On the weekend, we only had three guys break the 100 reps, do 100 reps in less than 100 seconds, you know? Because what some seriously fit guys there. I mean, I'm not going to include Andy Mack in that equation because he's he's just he's just a different beast. But, <laughs> and it, well, yeah, I was going to say he's technically not a man. But, you know. but we had people in advance tell us, "I'm coming on the day. I'm coming to do it. I'm going to win it." You know, and they came and they struggled because we encourage people to do the hundred reps um, in good form, good technique. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see. It's easy to fake movement, you know, and I talk about that. As, as, it's like air guitar. You know, when you see people playing air guitar, and you, they, they look like if you put a guitar in their hands, they'd be amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. They've got to be able to play. Look at them. And then, of course, you stick a guitar in their hands and they can't play for peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Movement's the same, you know, from a distance, you can look at what someone's doing and think, wow, that's incredible. And when you get up close, you realize that it's just, there's lots of compensations going on. So I say to people, you know, okay, there's your 100 reps, but better to do one good rep than, you know, the other 99 sloppy, you know? So just focus on that. And what are, the, what are the exercises again? Um, for that particular one, it was one that my son Pete came up with. And I'll just have to think about this for a second. 10 pull-ups, 30, push, uh, 30 push-ups, um, 40 bodyweight squats, 10 dips, and 10 hanging leg raises. Toes to bar. Toes to bar, yeah. That's, you know, what, that's we, what Beast we guys who can Sorry, say that again? That's what Beast did, Matt. Anything, anything to do with core, and he's shocking. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, you know, the, the, the thing about it is you, we picked drills that were sympathetic to one another, but we're different, you know? So yeah. we're, when you look at movement, you've got push, pull, bend, lunge, twist, squat. I mean, I know that's a simplification, but that pretty much encompasses movement. Individually, they're each simple movements. You need integrity in each movement to be able to chain them together and make them into something that's more complex. Complex movement is just simple moves chained together. But people look at a complex movement and they try and do the whole thing at once. Whereas what you really need to do is you need to break it down into its relevant parts and find out where the weak links are and focus on getting better at those. And it's no different from guys who go to the gym and, you know, they do chest but they don't do legs, you know. (laughs) When it comes to complete movement where legs and chest work in concert together, they're going to be screwed. It doesn't matter how good their, their bench press is. Well, I thought it was quite funny because on the day with the 100 rep challenge, most of the, uh, do we call them, fitness model type guys yeah. ran a mile the second you kind of said, you know, you're going to give it a try. They were like, no chance. Oh, I was amazed. I was amazed. And then we did the fat grips challenge using extreme grips, yeah. which are just, you know, the size of a can of Coke. You stick those in anything and it makes the drill 10 times harder. Yeah. And we had a few guys come and do that. And, you know, they're fit guys, you know, but we weren't allowing kipping, you know, it was dead hang pull-ups. You know, there was one guy came out and he banged out 11 reps, which was fantastic. And we thought, wow. And then somebody came out and did 12. And we thought, that's amazing. And that seemed to be where it peaked. And then this guy in a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt just strolled out and said, oh, can I have a go? Banged out 20 crisp reps, dropped down and just walked back into the ground. That's insane. (laughs) So I headed off to track him down because I knew nobody was going to beat that on the day. And eventually um, got a hold of him. He came back. He's a student at Glasgow University, I believe. A young guy. I think he does. I think he does powerlifting. Small guy, slightly built, and just knew how to move. Knew how to use his body. Banged those reps out beautifully. Whereas we had some people who came and said, um, "Yeah, I want to do it. Where do I warm up?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> like this is the movement that you should be able to do 
straight out of the traps. You know, yeah. you should be able to just walk in and do this stuff because you're not talking about adding weight to the bar. You're talking about moving your own body. And for me, as I've gotten older, what I'm interested in is I'm interested in power to weight ratio. That's it. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking to be bigger. I'm not looking to be faster. I'm probably not even looking to be particularly stronger. I want, in, in relationship to my size and my build, to be able to... Yeah, I mean, because to be fair, my excuse on the day was that um, you collared me just after I'd finished eating a jacket potato. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, 98, but, 98 reps weren't bad, right? Oh, no, it was awesome. And they were quality reps. And it's really funny because you see people then, when you post those clips commenting on it, I always think it's like people who watch the UFC and complain that somebody's job isn't any good. And you think, have you ever been hit in the face? Yeah. You know? <laughs> have you ever done this stuff? You know, you you can't talk till you've walked it. You know, that's that's my take on it. It's funny as well because I don't get me wrong. I mean, I see some shocking technique on videos that get posted on Facebook. Never once do I feel the slightest urge to comment on that, unless someone has put it out there to ask for advice or opinion I, don't, I just don't think it's right to, to kind of like you know to put someone down online like that or whatever the only, the only time i will ever comment on that type of thing is if it's a professional who's basically demonstrating what they do you know and this there was a piece that i posted the other week on um a certification in kettlebells um which was a mass a master certification and it was beyond shocking and I've got, and the truth is, you know, the guy who was doing it, I've got no personal beef with him. Yeah. Other than the, on a, a skill level, I look at that and I go, "You're talking about being this being a master certification, and you've just invented a bunch of shit, <laughs> which you put out there and teaching." There's a huge difference between, and I mean, I've seen it a lot, where you will have people who will come and teach something, and they're very good at what they do, but they're not good at teaching what they do. Uh, and yes. the fact that they can, you know, do do a, you know a handstand one arm push up is irrelevant to ninety nine percent of the population who actually just need to learn how to do an ordinary push up well. And if you can't teach people that, then I'd rather go and see Cirque du Soleil, you know, perform a bunch of stuff that I can't do. I don't need some trainer showing me a bunch of stuff that's irrelevant to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, mm, absolutely. Rani, what sort of um, what certs do you currently sort of support in the UK or across the globe, and think they're worthwhile trainers um, going ahead and doing? Um, hands down, um, IKFF CKT. Um, I've just I've never trained with with anyone has the kind of qualities that, that Steve Cotter has, um, uh, and Steve will be back here next year, in fact. And I'm I'm hoping to, to to kind of get as many existing CKTs along as possible because Steve's just one of those people who absolutely walks the talk. Yeah. Um, there aren't many certs, to be honest. I think a lot of it is. I think f- for most of these things, you need to start with your own personal practice and see where you want to go with it, and then look at how you can augment it with what other people do. Ask questions. Ask lots of questions of as many people as you possibly can. I find the majority of people that I connect with are very open-minded, um, are keen to learn and, and teach through their own experience. And that's really what counts at the end of the day. Because for the majority of us, reading um, you know, science papers and things actually doesn't enlighten us in any way whatsoever. We need to find people who are practically doing what we want to do and ask them how they do it. Yeah, absolutely. We often say people will ask us about advice on certain things. And if, if I've never done it or you've never done it, we, we actually won't 
offer any advice because we say we need to have done it first of all, walked it, and, and then yeah, we can give uh, you. I a... mean, I think again, this is one of the issues. We, you know, very often when we're asked a question, we almost feel obliged to be able to respond to it. Yeah. And, and actually, the, I'd much rather say, and it's actually a much more credible thing to say, actually, I don't know, but I know a guy who might. So, you know, when people come to me with physical issues, invariably there's someone I know who, yeah, absolutely go talk to this guy. You've got a lower back problem, it's your hips, it's your this, it's your that. You know, what I try and give people, as I said before, are tools that they can use themselves. And if they're struggling with those tools, then, they, you know, maybe they need to go get an MOT. You know, maybe they need to go and see someone who does some body work. Um, the real understanding is what's my own body capable of and what do I want it to do? Once you understand what that is, you can start to you can start to do the work that will, will get you there. But I absolutely guarantee you, it's not going to be anything fancy or flash. It's going to be basics and fundamentals all the way. You know, I think we, you, you, we had this conversation before. I don't know many people who can cook a steak well or, or make scrambled eggs properly. Yeah. Two simplest things in the world. Yeah, but yeah. They will mess it up every single time, you know. I think, you know, and again, one of the things that I talk about and one of the things that got me so excited about um, Fitter Food was the fact that this is, these are skills. Here's a little skill that you can learn. Very simple, very straightforward. And then, like all, you know, all good chefs in the kitchen, you can add your own twist if you want. Exactly the same thing applies to movement. If you can focus on the basics and the fundamentals, you will start to find that you can explore. And you can become curious about how your own body moves. And then suddenly things that you felt were beyond your grasp will be achievable because you know the fundamentals and the basics. But it's almost like we're in that society now where people just want to race ahead, and that's with training and nutrition. And they, they'll come to me and say something like, what supplements can I take? Um, what about fasting? What about this? What about that? And, and the first thing I do is strip it back and say, well, what's, what's on your plate? And, you know, is that home prepared? And where are you sourcing ingredients from? And it's all a bit boring, but it's just such obvious, necessary stuff that they need to implement. But the crazy thing about it is that if you do that stuff that appears to be boring, you actually find out that it's not. You find out that it's fantastic to be able to cook a meal from raw ingredients from start to finish and serve it to people. You know, we want everything to just be kind of prick the film and stick it in the microwave oven and press the button. And you're right, with training, it's exactly the same thing. Whereas if you just did the same routine consistently for a year, that was one of the arguments with 100 reps. If you just did your basic 100 reps every day for a year, you know, 36,500 reps later, you're going to be damn good at push-ups, pull-ups and bodyweight squats. How cool is that? Well, the thing is, mate, is like, like you said, I mean, you know, we don't need any convincing on the enjoyment of like cooking food, etc. You know, in terms of like relating that to movement, as you say, like, I make the conscious effort most days, and Keris will tell you, is that um, if I see a tree branch or some scaffolding or something like that, I will just do five five pull-ups, um, any variation of a pull-up. And, and sometimes throughout the day, it may just well be that I've ended up doing about 80 pull-ups yeah. in one day, which is a lot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about 100 kg, so I'm shifting a lot of weight when I lift it. And it's only five reps, so it doesn't feel like... You know, it doesn't feel difficult. It doesn't really kind of like, you know, like kind of get me sweating or anything like that. But when I look back, I think, wow, like I've done 80 pull-ups today. And, and that's because that's because by doing it that way, you get really efficient at doing them. Yeah. You know, your body is getting so in tune with itself to be able to perform that movement at the drop of a hat. No warm-up, no nothing. You just bang it out. So many people are, are scared to move. They're embarrassed. They're going to make a fool of themselves. 
convince themselves that they are much stronger than they are. So when they fail at the first hurdle, they go and sit on a couch, you know. <laughs> what they don't realize is that they need to engage the body and waken it up. Before they even start considering anything else, it's getting back into this idea that you inhabit your body, that it's not just something that's rattling your brain around town for the day so that you can sit down and watch TV. Mm-hmm. You know, this is your main mode of transport. So you need to start to get back in tune with it. And it is, it's the simple stuff. And, you know, what you're talking about there, of grease and groove, the groove like that in terms of how you do reps, the cumulative effect of that is huge, huge, much better than anything you would achieve by going to the gym twice a week. Because it's consistent daily practice. Yeah, and that's the key word right there, isn't it? It's consistency. Yeah, I mean, something Kara said there, you know, about the the, the basics and the fundamentals and that, you know, that people see that as boring, and they absolutely do. You know, the, 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 the way I tend to think of it is people look at that and they think it's not sexy. The results are so sexy. And if you can get them to that point to realize that what they will get as a result of this, it's going to be way beyond cool then fantastic, you can get them moving. But it's the thing about this stuff is it's accessible to everybody, you know? Yeah. There's no barrier to entry with movement. You just need to start and get doing it. Yeah. The, the, this, this idea that suddenly, you know, I want you to motivate me. Go on, go on, motivate me, make me want... It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, motivation is a product of action. Once you start moving, boy, you'll get motivated. Once you realise that, you know, even just... If you started today, you've got no movement going on, all I want you to do today is go out and walk for five minutes. That's it. No agenda. Not walk to the shops. Not walk the dog. Not do any of that. But just walk for you. Five minutes. That's it. Done. Do the same tomorrow. Do that every day for this month. You'll find that you want that five minutes to be ten. You maybe want it to be twenty. And suddenly the, the, the pleasure of just being out and walking under your own steam with no agenda, clearing your head, you know, having a think to yourself, you know, it's profound. It's absolutely profound. But we just, we, we think we take all that stuff just for granted. Rannick, can you give our listeners then an idea of like the key movements you think they should start to master, obviously walking being one of them, but then progressing from that, and then how they could actually advance those movements, so like a squat, for example, what they could start to do to progress it? Absolutely. Um, the, I mean, squat is absolutely key. Uh, you know, just good old bodyweight squat and getting astographs bum right down there. Um, you know, the, people call it the third world, world squat sometimes, which I don't think is, is, is particularly <laughs> accurate. It's something that potentially we can all do there's some weird challenges out there you know asking people to stay in the the seated squat position for 30 minutes and you know kind of think that's a fairly joyless thing to do <laughs> but matt did try it yeah, failed did, miserably. No, 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 no i didn't fail though i didn't fail you because... didn't manage 30 minutes yes i did when in secret <laughs> i did no but the, th- the thing the thing is if you said to me i want you to sit in a squat position every day for 30 minutes like why you know yeah, but you know but... what the, the, that was the funny thing and because I, I was going to mention this actually so it's quite funny that you did bring it up because i saw this whole edo portal thing online like the 30 30 squat challenge and and my initial response when i read it was like who the hell wants to sit in squat position for 30 minutes a day but then when i realized you could break it up throughout the day i thought yeah. well I'll give this a go. And the funny thing was, is I tried it. I mean, because I can do an arse-to-grass squat, not necessarily yeah. with great form. Like, my back does curve and, and whatnot and get the old little butt wink at the bottom. Um, but I stayed there. And I, but you know what? I was in the bottom of the, the squat, and I couldn't even do two minutes on my first attempt before my calves and my ankles were burning like crazy. So then I came out of it, and then I'd do, like, another two minutes, you know, later on in the day. But about the end of the second week, I could actually stay in squat position for for over 20 minutes. And it felt it, it felt 
comfortable. And I used to do it in the morning when I used to do my emails. I used to get up, make myself a that's, that's the way to do it. That's the, exactly the way to do it is to pick an activity that you're doing anyway yeah. and use the squat as the position you're going to be in. So, for example, you know, I, I'm not an idiot. I know that if you say to somebody, you know, I want you to, to practice the squat position, they're not going to sacrifice watching EastEnders so they can squat. Yeah. So you can squat while you're doing EastEnders. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's that simple. Just get into that squat position. Stay there, you know. Understand the difference between discomfort and distress. That's one of the absolute keys to getting your body moving. Discomfort, that little feeling where you kind of push into it. You know, you can go there. It's okay. Distress is the bit where you go there and you go, nah, I need to, you flinch, yeah? So you don't want to ever be in a place where you're flinching because that just setting you, that's just setting yourself up for, for failure. Mm-hmm. So you explore movement. You don't just sit there statically. You explore it, you know? See where your feet are. Um, if you're going to start bodyweight squat, let's just focus on that one for a moment. If you're going to start with that, then start with your heels, you know? And you can jack your heels up a couple of inches and you'll probably find that quite comfortable and quite easy. Here's one for you. Get yourself an old telephone directory big old fat yellow pages yeah. and start on day one day two open it to the b page and sit with your heels on that day three go to c day four go to d okay by the time you get to the end of the alphabet you're going to be asked to grass on the floor you know it's a really simple easy progression it's the telephone book squat progression but the principle is essentially the same thing you know just make it easy for yourself what were the other moves then that you think people should really try and master? Pushing and pulling um, are, are just absolutely key. The problem with pushing is most people tend to spread their arms out. So if you're going to practice pushing, then you need to think of it in terms of if I was pushing a car to you know, get it started, where would my hands be? And your hands tend to fall under your shoulders. You'll often see people doing push-ups where their hands are wide out, uh, which, is, which is, if anything, it's a super advanced move because there's a, there's a real lack of shoulder stability there. So you want your arms, your hands under your shoulders, and you want to push. And if you can't do a push-up, then you start from standing. Just against the wall or against yeah, the table. Yeah. and then from there, do it on a chair. Best to try and avoid doing it from the knees because the knees breaks the chain. Yeah. And you'll see lots of people doing it from the knees, but actually it, it doesn't help because it kind of starts to take the hips out of the equation. Yeah. And really when you're doing a push towards doing a push-up, you want the body basically to be completely aligned. It's a plank that moves up and down. And again, you'll have seen it at the 100 rep challenge. There's lots of do push-ups with no hip movement. And you know, is, it's just all your, body. I was going to say, is your target for women the same as men? So 30 push-ups women should aim towards? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, there are some who've said, oh, that's really unfair. Women shouldn't. And I kind of think, well, no, I don't go with that at all. I accept that there's different physio- a different kind of physiology there. And I accept that pull-ups are generally harder for women because the, the, the way the strength's distributed. But I also think that it's very uh, unhelpful to suggest to women that they can't do that. So I'd rather say, okay, do your pull-ups, but do them band-assisted. Yeah. You'd probably be damned if you did, damned if you didn't with women. If you said yeah, do the absolutely. same or do less, we'd be patronised either way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's a great place to start. Do, do you know what, though? Yeah. To be fair, a lot of my workouts based on that. are based on that anyway. I mean, I, I went through a phase recently and I was doing, like, a lot of body split stuff because I was really? doing quite a lot of hypertrophy work, uh, quite a lot of glycogen depletion work, just because I wanted to mix things up a bit. And I've now kind of got back into my good old strength-based uh, routines. And for me, my favorite triple sets is where I would do exactly that. So I may go from like a dumbbell bench press straight into um, a set of pull-ups, straight into a set of squats, you know, and I might do five by five on each of those. And 
for me, I just get such a buzz out of that. You know, my whole body just feels like bulletproof when yeah. I do stuff like that. And that. That's the thing to train that way and, and get that sense and that feeling from it is phenomenal. Um, rather than, I mean, I, you know, you still mm. see guys who can barely walk when they leave the, the yeah. gym because it's oh. been leg day. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's 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 nice to get a little bit of a dig going there, and every so often I kind of go, yeah, I know, I know, I trained. But to brutalise yourself like that is, is, to me, is, is consistently setting yourself up for failure because your ex- the expectation of your body is to be in pain. Yeah. Um, and also you can't move properly for like three or four days, so it all goes against them. It's ridiculous. In fact, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things, and I'll send, I'll send the workout to you guys, but one of the ones that I'm exp- experimenting with at the moment is 30-30-30, where it's three moves, push-pull squat, you do 30 seconds on and 30 seconds off for six minutes, five reps, during the 30 seconds. So it's 90 reps total over an 18-minute workout. You use the same weight the whole time. So basically, you're doing five reps, rest 30 seconds, five reps. The whole thing is about greasing the movement, making it, um, you know, using very, very strict form with it. You will find if you do this, and it's, I mean, you can literally do it every day for a month. <laughs> same workout every day. But it's only it's an eighteen minute workout. And How do you get the, the weight right though? That must be quite tricky getting the right rate. I can't say that right <laughs> weight for that workout, like not too heavy, not go, too light. The thing is, you go light. You yeah. go super light. That's it. You pick a weight that you can rep for thirty, yeah. basically, um, and then you use that and you do your thirty reps over that six minute period. And it seems super easy, but you're doing it every day. You're greasing that move every day. On the very first day, what you do is you you take that weight. And you max out, you see how many reps you can get to, and you see how long it takes you to get there. And you do you do that on the 30th day. Take that weight, max reps, see how you do. The difference in form, the way your body moves, the way that you react, everything changes because it's, the, it's like learning to draw a gun. You know, the first few times you do it, it catches, suddenly, boom, you're there, you're doing this movement, and it's you have complete control over it. You know, it's nice to think of analogies and ways to kind of make these things sound sexy, but it's difficult because the fact is it's a really simple process. But I think of these things as iron katas. It's a set number of moves. You do it over a set period of time. You bang the same one out day in, day out. And at the end of it, you're an absolute machine when it comes to this. I like the, um, the simplicity of it as well, though. I just think... People have so many decisions to make across the day at the moment that with training, that if you can just simplify it and be consistent, as we were saying, yeah, I just think it's more likely to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the 30, 30, 30 deal is just, it's really, it's an extension of kind of the 100 reps philosophy of choosing something that's really simple and doing it consistently. And you can do that workout every single day. It's 18 minutes. That's it. You know, it's the equivalent of having to go out and, and shovel snow every day to clear your path. That's mm. what it is. It's not there as a, a specific workout for anything other than to get your body moving consistently, um, moving well, so at the end of it, you're, you're moving better than you've ever moved. When this podcast goes out, Ranit, we should put that on the page for everyone to do and get them to give us some feedback on it. I think they'd love it. Yeah, and yeah that's a great find, idea. What you'll find with it, I'll, I'll send it to you, what you'll find with it is when people do it initially... They chase performance. They think it's a performance. Yeah. And it's not. So it requires a real change in mindset. But the thing is, if you can get that change in mindset where you're thinking about this as practice, practice, it's like learning a martial art, it's practice, then you will find the way that you move 30 days later is going to be so different, you know? And a lot of it's to do with physical confidence. Because what, what's that saying, Rana? Because it... Uh... I don't fear the man that knows a thousand kicks. I fear the man that's done the same kick a thousand times, yeah? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it takes a certain amount of balls to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to stick to it. You know, uh, if you look at some of Dan John's stuff, super simple. Yeah. And consistent. You know, I love it. He has, he's got one, he's got one workout, which is, I think is a, a 40 day you do consistently, you know, and it's those kind of things inspire me because I look at someone like that with that experience and that knowledge who's, who's, um, who's saying, look guys, this stuff's really straightforward really straightforward. It's about your ability to stay the course and your consistency. You know, there's loads of people out there with gym memberships who sit and feel guilty because they missed a couple of workouts this week, you know? Yeah. You to do something consistently on a daily basis, whether it's 10 minutes of meditation or 15 minutes of training or five minutes of walking, whatever it is, that's yours. You own it. Yeah. You do it. You don't need anybody else. You don't need a coach. You don't need a trainer. You might get to the stage where you want to learn something new and then absolutely yeah. go and get the best people you can find to teach you it. But to get there, just get a hold of the fundamentals and basics and do them yourself. Power of routine. Absolutely. So, Rannoch, one last question, mate, before we say ta-ra. Um, yeah, yeah. It's now quarter to two. What movement have you done today? <laughs> what movement have I done today? I've walked. I've walked. That's all I can tell you I've done. I've so walked. Have we. That's what we've done, actually. Yeah, we, we took the, the dog on like a, a good 90-minute walk yeah. this morning. Which well, I'll is... tell you right now, it's the one thing that everybody should be doing. Yeah. You know, if, you know, if there's only one thing that you can do today, then commit to, 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 to moving your feet and getting walking. Do you use your jawbone still or did you ditch it? Say that again? Did you, do you use your jawbone? I saw you put that on Facebook or did you ditch it? Oh, the, um, that wasn't a jawbone. That was the... Um, trying to remember what that is no the <laughs> it'll no. come to me in a second nike one is it nike wristband they've got no not nike it's 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 oh i've forgotten the name of it that's terrible <laughs> they weren't very what? good I, then <laughs> just, just 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 as an aside and um, that was very, it's, it's very interesting to do very interesting to do because you kind of it does make you aware um but i was talking to jonathan lewis about this recently and um I think you have to be careful about the whole kind of quantified bit. Yeah, I totally I agree. The, the danger with that people, is... People get obsessed, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and and it, it also, it, it kind of guilts you. If, you, yeah. if you've not yeah. seen it, somebody's created one of these bands that if you don't do enough movement, it gives you an electric shock. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the I, I, uh, Apple one, isn't it, I think? Yeah, which yeah. is just beyond ridiculous. Yeah. So we're, we're getting into territory. I, I you know... and. From this, you probably gather, I would much rather a consistent, intuitive approach yeah. that makes you question how you move and how you feel rather than having something on your wrist that tells you that you've not done enough. Yeah. Do you know, it's, it's, I'm so um, pleased you said that because I used to be quite a big fan of them and I use them a lot when I'm trying to get people to step out of the gym a bit more and get moving. And I say track it and they realise that they only do about 2,000 steps a day but they do their five gym sessions. And I, I yeah. said to them, make the walk-in the priority. Um, the gym sessions, you know, are, are great to have, but you should be moving more frequently. But like yeah. you, I then found I was getting slightly, oh, I have to hit 10,000, I have to hit 15,000. And, you know, you get in from work really tired and I'd be saying to Matt, we need to go out for a walk because I've only walked 3,000 steps. And it, it sort of went against what it was trying to um, achieve, yeah. really. So I ditched mine, but I know now the benefits of walking and how, you know... You know, some, you know something, the, the one I've got, Lorenz just actually handed it to me, it's the Polar, uh, polar one. Okay, the, uh, the heart right. rate monitors. Yeah, so you, so you can use it as a heart rate monitor as well, which is cool. Yeah, I think that you you have to be careful with this stuff. If it becomes, the, you know, the bane of your life, all these things are just tools, they're on-ramps. And again, yeah. it's something I discussed with Jonathan recently. If it's a tool that gets you to the next stage 
you can ditch it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to. And this is the other thing. You know, people get very invested in these things. You don't have to. It's just a tool, just a tool that you use, you know. So, you know, whether it's a kettlebell or a sandbag or bands or walking or bodyweight training or, you know, doing some yoga, they're tools, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Ranak, listen, buddy, um, I'm going to have to say toodle pip. Um, Great to catch up with you guys. Amazing. Mate, it's been absolutely awesome. We're, we're definitely getting you on again because there's there's so much we we could chat about. But uh, oh, geez, I can talk about myself for hours. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Listen, but I mean, guys, you have a good one, and I'll catch up with you later. Yes, Ranok, all the best, buddy. But just very very quickly, mate, where can people find a little bit more information about yourself and hundred rep challenge, etc.? For now, um, the the hundred rep challenge website is going through a bit of a renaissance, but it's there. It is up. You can see the clips from the SFN Expo. So, hundred rep challenge dot com. Awesome. Um, if people want to connect with me personally on Facebook, um, they'll find me there, Ranach Donald. Um, most of the stuff that I do on Facebook is geared towards movement and health and wellness. Um, so they'll find me there, earthstrength.com, um, they will find out about the retreats that we run in Tarifa, and if anybody wants to connect via any of those means and methods, please do. Awesome, Rana, it's been Fantastic. an absolute pleasure, buddy, and uh, we will no doubt catch up soon, and we're going to see you at the Fit Festival, aren't we, next month? In Edinburgh. Looking forward to it. In Edinburgh, it's going to be awesome, buddy. Mate, take care, enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, I want you to do a triple set of 10 press-ups, 10 squats, and 10 burpees as soon as you get off this call. <laughs> Let's do it now, I'm starting. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, mate. Thanks see you later. Bye. Bye.